you all will please read the prayer of guidance with me. Lord, open our hearts and our minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, that we may hear with glad hearts what What you say say to us today. today. Amen. Amen. Today's scripture comes from Hebrews chapter 12. We'll be reading verses 1 through 3 and then 20 through, 22 through 24, and you can find it in your pew Bible on page 226. Love for you to read along with me. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race Marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and will not lose heart. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteousness men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant and the sprinkled bloody Blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. Next Sunday, uh, I'll be talking about heaven. As I prepared for All Saints Day, it occurred to me that there are so many misconceptions about heaven. There are those who don't believe in heaven. And so I wanted to address that uh, in a couple of ways. One is to look in the Bible and see exactly what does the Bible say about heaven. For instance, in the passage just read, it said that there were uh, this multitude of angels, but then the multitude of those who had believed and had faith. Two separate groups, and a lot of folks think when we go to heaven, we become angels. And I've, I've preached this before. In the Bible, there is nothing that says that we become angels. Angels are a separate set of beings. Uh, You might say a separate species. And God created them as messengers. And God uses them in service to us. And, uh, And so there is that difference there. But that's one of the things I quite often run into. Well, God needed another angel, or now she's an angel in heaven. Um, But we're going to look at some of those things. Some of them are, are, are more just, you know, about knowledge. Uh, than they are maybe crucial to our salvation. But also I want to explore some of the scientific discoveries and where we are in terms of science because I think a lot of people have the misconception that 20th century and 21st century science disproved the existence of heaven or the possibility of a God when actually the exact opposite is 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 true. So we'll be uh, uh, exploring uh, uh String theory, uh, parallel universes, multiple universes, and so forth next week. So come, it will be thrilling. Um, uh, I'm I'm excited about it because I I think it's a wonderful thing. It's a faith 
uh, uh, reinforcing thing to do to, uh, to go out and to really uh, explore in this world the evidences for God and for heaven uh, that are out there uh, that weren't there 200 years ago. And then I, I want to share just uh, uh, this card. I was handed this this morning. We had a group downstairs uh, in the Sunday School hallway, as we do on occasion, that were here to work at Project Grows. They were students from James Madison. Last time we had from Missouri, so this was much closer. But uh, they just left a card uh, thanking us for our hospitality. Thank you so much for allowing us to stay at VUMC. Everything was perfect and made for a terrific weekend. And so I share that with you because... I think we don't always share with the entire congregation everything that goes on here, even when we're not in here on Sunday morning. There's a lot of things that happen here and a lot of people who are blessed through the food pantry, uh, through the community center where this group uh, used, uh, used the showers this week. So, uh, so know that, that this church, uh, we, we try to be in ministry uh, 24-7 and thank you for all those who support that. Well, it's, it's All Saints Day. So obviously I've been thinking about all the people I've known in life uh, who were followers of Jesus and about how strange it is that they aren't around anymore. I've been thinking about how great it would be if they were here right now. And I'm thinking about how much I miss them. If you're around my age, if you look back over a lifetime, the number of people you have known who are no longer with us on this earth Uh, it can be staggering. And we don't always want to dwell on that very much because it can be sad. And it does seem strange to occupy a world that is missing so many of the people who we once thought were essential to this world, essential to our lives and our happiness. We are missing so many of those people, the ones we loved, the ones we laughed with, and yes, even the ones who maybe drove us crazy. The ones that at times we maybe wished weren't in this world, but in retrospect we realized our lives were better because they were. The ones who challenged us, the ones who tested us, everyone who in some way has made us who we are. And then as I was thinking, I thought about how Strange life is. I think about this all the time. Life is strange, our very existence here. It's interesting that people deny the existence of heaven. That can't be possible. And yet, if some way your individual being could have asked before your arrival on this earth, could have said, do you believe in a place where you will, and you go on to describe earth, and it's very different from what you've exist, your pre-existence, if there was a pre-existence, would be? You start getting into that and you realize this world seems impossible. This world seems something that you would have denied if there were a pre-existence that this even existed because it's strange. It's a strange place. Did you know that if you live to the age of 70, you will experience 2.2 billion seconds of life? Did you know that 2.2 billion, those 2.2 billion seconds of life are 2.2 moments of immense change going on in your, bi- in your body? That there is a cycle of death continuously going on in us in those 2.2 billion seconds? And also life overcoming the parts of us that are dying, the cells repla- the, replacing each other. And so this is all going on continuously at any given time. 
Life is far more strange and more mysterious, more miraculous than the average human being realizes. We become accustomed to and take for granted the incredible brains inside our heads. Well, some of ours are incredible, some maybe not so much. Mine's not as incredible as it used to be, it seems like. We become accustomed to these limbs and hands and feet and the organs and all the systems within our body working somehow in coordination with each other to make life possible. We become used to riding on this spaceship that we call Earth at 1.3 million miles a minute through the universe. That's how fast our galaxy is moving through the universe, 1.3 million miles a minute. That's incredible. And sometimes when I think about it, I grab hold of something because I'm afraid I'm going to get blown off. And we become used to the spectacular combination of factors that have to be here for life to even exist on this earth. But of all the mysteries left to explore in life, it's life's beginning and end, the entrance and the departure that are life's bookends that remain the greatest mysteries. Where did we come from? Whom did we come from? Where are we going? To whom are we going? It's as if there were these unscalable, immeasurable black walls at the beginning and the end of life beyond which we cannot see. They open only for a minute split second when we enter and leave this world, but too briefly for us to peek beyond them and see what is there. Yet to those who believe in Jesus and in the testimony of the Holy Scriptures, we have been given a peek beyond those black walls. And we gather this morning to proclaim that we know where life comes from. We know from whom we came. And we know to whom we will one day return. John Wesley once wrote, I have thought of myself as a creature of a day, passing through life as an arrow through the air. I am a spirit come from God and returning to God, just hovering over the great gulf, till a few moments hence I am no more seen. I drop into an unchangeable eternity. I want to know one thing, the way to heaven. How to land safe on that happy shore. God himself has condescended to teach the way. For this very end he came from heaven. He has written it down in a book. Oh, give me that book. Oh, give me that book at any price. The book of God. But I have it. Here is knowledge enough for me. And let me be a man of that one book. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, knew that within the covers of the Bible there was enough knowledge about birth and life and death, about eternity, to satisfy his mind and his heart. The great Christian theologian Augustine put it this way, Our hearts are restless until they are at rest in God. Is your heart restless concerning life and death? It will remain so until your heart finds its rest in God and your name is written in that book of life that our scripture mentioned this morning. Think back to all the times in our life when our names were written down 
perhaps in a book or today on a computer. We all wanted to get our names on the honor roll at school. My brother got his name on the honor roll all the time. And because of that, I could take his report card and all the A's he had and get free games at the bowling alley. So I'm thankful his name was written on the honor roll. When I was in elementary school, every boy wanted to be able to sign the principal's paddle, proof that you were one of the tough guys. You wanted your name on that paddle. Then there was the excitement of the first year that you saw your name written up or the first time you saw your name written up in the newspaper. For me, it was, I was uh, on a football team. I was like, I think I was 10 years old. And at the end of the game, I made the game-winning tackle right at the goal line. And they actually put that in the paper. Bobby Weeks made a tackle at the goal line to save the game. And I clipped that little piece of paper, wasn't even an inch high. I clipped that out, and I taped it up on my bedroom wall. I was so proud. And then there was a day that you walked up to the Vietnam Memorial, and you saw name after name etched into that black marble. And then Tuesday, many of you will be walking up to a table in a polling place to vote. And a volunteer will carefully check your name to make sure that you are eligible. There are many places in life where our name may be written. But the Bible tells us there is only one place in the universe where your name absolutely needs to be written. In God's heart. Because that is where the book of life is. God, in his heart, has a living record of every one of us who have given our hearts to Jesus and accepted his gracious invitation to salvation. Everyone who has given their life to Jesus, everyone who wears his name as they walk through their daily lives, everyone who walks Christ's holy way and endures persecution and hardship for the sake of their faith, has their name written in the heart of God, where it will stay through eternity. But folks, as we walk through this life, we are not walking through it alone. We don't have to wait to get to heaven, to have that great company of saints around us. Because the Bible tells us, and Hebrews chapter 12 tells us, that already there is a great cloud of witnesses. My mom, my dad, friends you have known, family members you have known who have gone on are part of that great cloud of witnesses who the Bible tells us in Hebrews that they are encouraging us in our walk. They are cheering for us. We are not alone. And they are encouraging us to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and trips us up. To run with perseverance the race marked out for us. To fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And because of the joy that Jesus had set before himself as he came to this earth, he knew that he was going to be tortured. He knew that he was going to die on that cross. But he also saw the joy beyond it. And because of that joy, he scorned the shame of the cross and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Jesus who endured such opposition from sinners 
so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Think of those we remember and honor today. Remember how they lived and worked and loved and sacrificed. Allow them to inspire you to live on a higher plane than where you are now. But above all, remember Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of your faith, who gave his very life for you, for me, for all who are lost in sin. A man approached a Little League baseball game one afternoon and asked a little boy in the dugout, what's the score? The boy responded, 18 to nothing, we're behind. Boy, said the spectator, I'll bet you're discouraged. But the little boy replied, why should I be discouraged? We haven't even gotten up to bat yet. Folks, no matter what the score in your life, do not give up. Do not grow discouraged. The very best is yet to come. And for those who follow Jesus, victory is assured. I'm going to read the names of the 13 members of this church who we said farewell to over the past year. They are waiting. They are waiting for us. What a great day it will be when we see them again. Betty Stoneburner and Louise Roadcap, Gloria Ward and Peggy Tutwiler, Nancy Campbell, Joe Walker, Ellen Gray, Glenn Sutton, Wade Weeks, Peggy Softly, Ronnie Porch, Becky Zikafus, and Benny Cron. May God strengthen us for the journey to that great homecoming with each of these. And amen. Well, let's go in the peace of Christ and let's go knowing that there are those who are looking down upon us this very moment. They are smiling because they know that for a few moments in our lives, we took the time to realize just how close we are to them. Heaven is not that far away, folks. And heaven, the kingdom of God, Jesus said, is among us. And so we celebrate that we are not alone, that we are here today with those who we long to see uh, in person, but know that one day we will see them in heaven. Go in his peace. Go with faith and believe. And amen. Amen.